You've probably been on a team of some kind before, whether it was work-related or school-related, or maybe you were on some kind of an athletics team or a debate team. But at some point in your life, there's a good chance you've worked with other people. But have you ever been on a toxic team? One where the dynamic was just so friggin' off and you couldn't figure out why, or you hated and dreaded working with these people, but you knew that the end result that would reflect on you meant that you would have no choice but to continue working with them? Toxic teams suck. In this episode of The Deep Gripping Reality, I'm going to tell you how to deal with toxic teams, why they're toxic, and how to make the most out of a team that seems like it's completely irredeemable. Stay tuned, it's about to get deep. You're listening to The Deep Gripping Reality Podcast. The show that gives you leadership lessons and insights from the cutting edge of digital marketing. Hosted by Stephen J. Edelman. It's about to get deep. I was going to be the one to tell you all about toxic teams and dysfunctional team members and dysfunctional teamwork and all that fun stuff, Um, but I thought, you know, rather than doing that, why don't I let you have an ear in on a masterclass? Um, And by that, I don't just mean like that, you know, oh, somebody's really good, they might as well teach a masterclass. No, this is literally a class from my master's program, Um, and I I worked in a group, and we decided that um, we were supposed to talk about teamwork and we decided to kind of turn the whole thing on its head we would talk about toxic teamwork and toxic teams and dysfunctional teams and so there are four of us in the group and we're going to introduce ourselves and we'll each take on different parts of the of the presentation but what you're about to hear is a live uh, presentation in front of a group of about 30 professionals in the MBA program uh, and our professor obviously and uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. I mean, there's, there's a funny little skit involved. There is a teamwork thing. Um, now, I, <laughs> the teamwork thing is, is it's an exercise where we get eight volunteers from the audience, including our professor, and we have them uh, each use a piece of string to try and lower a pen into a bottle or uh, rise it up out of a bottle using each of them using strings. Now, keep in mind, this entire thing had to be done during COVID-19 concerns, so we had to respect social distancing and masks, which made communication very interesting. So take a listen, and uh, hopefully you'll find it as valuable as we did um, putting it together, and you'll find it as entertaining as I hope you will. Have fun. Managing on the edge of chaos. Yeah, yep. that's what it's called. Is uh, no rules working. That's what's called. It's good though. Okay. Uh, Let me see if this works. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Uh, solutions for dysfunctional teams. I'm Dane Lang. This is Stephen Edelman, Julia Zelmer, and Philip Kuhlman. Uh So today we will be presenting about 
what makes a team dysfunctional. Uh, we will demonstrate uh, some examples of toxic behavior, and I was really excited last week because Eric talked about toxic, and, uh, and you guys didn't know this, but we knew we were going to be talking about it. And um, how to uh, identify changes that need to be made uh, with toxic people and uh, bad team members. Uh, we have a fun uh, audience exercise. Um, and we're going to learn how to encourage constructive conflict. Um, and learn how to deal with toxic team members. So why, why does this stuff matter? Um, well, this stuff matters because um, teams can float by, um, but successful teams um, are successful because, uh, okay, so teams that collaborate well are successful and successful teams uh, accomplish uh, the company's goals uh, and, and accomplishing the company's goals means there's profit and profit creates jobs. Uh, so I would like to say, oh, that's not me. Yeah, that's me. You're good. That's you. So, um, so last week too, we're going to talk a little also about feedback. So last week when we were role playing in the feedback, uh, Julia was Julia. I was Julia's former coworker. Um, Julia tried to tell me, and remember, I'm not me. I'm some person I don't know. Julia tried to tell me she was upset with me because um, I wasn't providing good customer service. But after we talked about it for a while, it turns out she was upset with me because me, not me, wasn't washing the coffee pot. And I said, Julia, why, why were you lying to me? I'm not even who, who I'm supposed to be. And she said, well, it seems so petty. And, and that's the point, you know. We try to be nice and we try to let things go, but that's not honest. And honest, uh, honesty is, is so important for things. Uh, so next up, uh, Steve is going to speak a little bit about what makes a team dysfunctional. Thank you very much. So real quick show of hands, this is an unscientific survey. Who here, by show of hands, feels like they have been on a dysfunctional team? Cool. Keep your hand up if you are still on that team. Uh, see, that does. Ooh, see, I appreciate the honesty or being a smart aleck. I don't know. But <laughs> I think it's safe to say that we all feel like we've been either involved with or we've witnessed a dysfunctional team. But to be honest, the term dysfunctional is kind of subjective. And so we read three separate case studies, which you guys have all hopefully had a chance to look through. But we found some serious commonalities about what makes a team dysfunctional. And you'll find that you can either identify with these, hopefully not in yourself, but maybe, or with teams that you've been on. So nailing down these three cornerstones of what's missing from a dysfunctional team can really help you know how to deal with them in the future. So the first thing that we notice is that dysfunctional teams have a lack of, uh, lack of trust in other team members, which leads to a hindrance of communication. And it was really interesting as we went through all of the things that the professor was talking about in tonight's you know, lecture, we went over trust and communication a lot. If you don't trust people and you're not willing to be vulnerable and open up, you're not going to communicate. And that's a problem because a lack of communication hinders collaboration. And frankly, you have to collaborate to get the best results. If you're not working with other people and you don't trust people enough to talk to them, you don't trust people enough 
to work with them and offer and volunteer your own personal experiences and your expertise or trust them to provide theirs, you're missing out because a lack of collaboration ultimately hinders success. No matter what the project is, no matter what the service or the product is, you're not going to give out the best possible end result, whatever the deliverable is, if you're not collaborating and getting the input of the rest of your team. Some other things that kind of go with that, this may sound really familiar. Raise your hand if you've ever been on a team where teammates are blaming each other rather than focusing on the issue. Yeah, so you know, we talked a little bit about why that may be. And it comes down to a lot of us don't want to admit that we're wrong. We don't want to admit that we play a, a role. Or we're afraid that if we bring out what's wrong in other people, that we'll have to dig deeper into what's brought up wrong about us. And we don't want to be in that light. We want to see ourselves, we want to protect ourselves and see ourselves as untouchable in a lot of cases. It takes a high level of self-awareness to avoid that. Now, the other kicker about that is that by wasting all kinds of time pointing fingers and figuring out who's at fault, you're not dealing with the core issue itself. It may not matter who caused the problem. What matters is what the problem is, how to fix it, and how to avoid it going forward. So another big toxic issue, another big dysfunctional issue, is if you're not speaking up when you see other team members that are causing the problems. If you don't take the time to recognize that right away and make sure that you kind of can point it out or you know how to address it, that's another thing that adds to the dysfunction. And here's something we found really interesting. 70% of the variance between the lowest performing teams and the highest performing teams correlate directly to the quality of relationships. And here's why that's really important. If you don't trust and you're not willing to communicate, you're not willing to collaborate, you're not going to be successful. But no matter how successful your team is, one toxic team member can destroy the highest performing teams. And not knowing how to address that ensures some form of failure, or at least not the optimal result. So there's, there's another obscure word, right? So toxic. What's toxic to me may not be toxic to you. I'm going to do the raise your hand thing again. Who here feels like they may have contributed some kind of toxic behavior in a team environment? Let's be real honest here. Okay. Did you know you were doing it at the time? So it was maybe a moment of self-reflection in the past, or you did know you were doing it and, eh, you know. So toxic team members tend to create drama and, dis and distraction, thereby destroying positive energy and creative brain power. These are the kind of people that waste time like it's their job. And all of these things can lead to some pretty frustrating situations and a lot of team dysfunction. So I'm going to need three volunteers by show of hands. OK, later. OK, so I don't need that now. I'm actually going to have these guys do it. <laughs> Um, we are going to go through a little skit we put together to demonstrate some toxicity, different kinds of toxicity, and get you guys to see what that's all about. So we have Chad. You get to be Chad. Congratulations. We have Pat. Hi, Pat. Thank you. And you're now Karen. Yay. So each of them have their own unique scripts. You'll notice I don't have to do this. That was not by design. This script was put together by our very own Pat. So this is for Chad, here, have that Chad, and Karen, Thank you. and Pat. Now I want you guys to be paying really close attention to things that could be considered toxic behavior, both in the classical sense 
and some things we'll talk about in a minute. And action. Chad, Peter Friedman is always such a mess. Nobody even respects you for what you do. Everything you do is wrong anyways. And I always have to fix everything that you do. When are you going to be able to get a clue on how to do your job? Your reports. But my reports, Karen, you already have my reports. Those are your reports? They're basically like a dumpster fire. I mean, they are not filled out well at all. I would have to go fix them myself again. Like, this is just absolute bull. Come on. But, I mean, they're just right here and... No. I mean, this meeting is over. I'm done. Oh, I've got work to do. Don't make me call your manager. Wow, Chad. That was rough. Why is Karen being so caring? My fantasy does it. Home is in foreclosure and her boyfriend just dumped her. I mean, leave your problems at home. Am I right? I just don't know why Karen treats me like this. I, I mean, I feel like quitting all the time, and sometimes I just want to tell Karen where to shove my reports. The reports have everything in them that they're supposed to. Just, I guess, I really haven't asked what the problem is. And scene. Round of applause, please. Fantastic. So if you guys want to send uh, your recommendations to whatever award ceremonies, we will accept those. Um, <laughs> nominations are greatly appreciated. So who here thinks they spotted some toxic behaviors? Awesome. So that means that you kind of have an idea of the type of toxic behaviors we're talking about. There's three very specific toxic traits, and they play different roles than you might be traditionally used to. The first is called, in our article, you'll notice it was called the wicked, but we kind of returned it to the bully. The second is the silent victim, um, or the wrong in our article. And last but not least is the witness. Now, each of these have different traits. Um, somebody want to tell me, who, who was the, uh, the bully in this situation? Karen. Karen, really? Sorry, and Karen. And Pat, though, as well. Ah, and Pat, interesting. Okay, so who would we say was the silent victim? Chad. Chad. Okay, which means that Pat is also, possibly... The witness, very good. See, you guys were paying attention, I appreciate that. If I had candy, I'd give it out, but I don't. So, the bully, you can usually identify the wicked. You can identify the bullying by the following quick traits. They've got, they gossip a lot, they negotiate through back channels and go behind people's backs, they ignore other people, they yell. A lot of times the bully will straight up yell. I've had bosses that did that to me, it was not effective and it was totally bullying. They belittle, and a lot of times they'll interrupt. Frankly, they don't care what's being said by the other person. They want to get their point across. You'll notify, notice a victim because they find themselves often feeling self-pity. They have a fear to speak up, often because they're afraid that what they have to say will carry no weight. And they have very low self-esteem. Now, the witness may not just be a silent witness. Um, oh, by the way, the, the silent victim will also not contribute to conversations because of low self-esteem and fear that what they have to say won't be taken seriously anyway. The witness is usually aware of the bully's actions and the dysfunction of the team, but intentionally turns a blind eye. Intentionally turns a blind eye. And that's very important. Why would they do that? Because, frankly, the witnesses like to avoid conflict. There's a lot of different things that play into this, but ultimately, maybe the witness is just trying to be a nice guy. So to kind of talk a little bit about that, Julia's going to tell you a little bit about being the nice one. I go forward. Okay, so I'm usually the nice one, and we got to read an article about the nice people in the world. Uh, so I really related to that article in a lot of ways, and it was very intriguing, because uh, being nice kind of seemed like always the right thing to do, but then it 
the article kind of pointed out that being nice is actually going to be detrimental to a team's overall success in a lot of times. Because the whole point of a team is you exist as a team to collaborate and bring ideas together. Now, if you just agree to everything, what's the point of being on the team? So conflict is really needed for a team to be successful and get the optimal solution going. You always have to contribute to the team, and sometimes people don't like that, and that's okay. Comfort seldom breeds growth. Well, it's not very comforting and comfortable to really seek out uh, conflict, and it's a lot of times really hard to take the criticism when you're getting the feedback from your coworkers. But on the other hand, try to accept that feedback and grow from it instead of just rejecting it all and not really wanting to understand what other people are talking about. Diverse voices is something that we talked about last week already, and I really liked our conversation about that because the more diverse our team is, the more different viewpoints we're getting. Personality, background, education, all of it is gonna help bring your team to the end goal a lot quicker and get a better answer most of the time. The secret to healthy conflict is actually the mindset and the delivery that you're um, projecting. The way that you do that uh, is not necessarily by being always a nice one, right? But there's a different way of how you have to look at yourself. There's a different way of how you can be nice and still make progress in the team. One way is to use the word and instead of the word but. And I think um, Tanner had a good example of that earlier. He was talking about when he was in uh, that class that he took and he said, okay, we're gonna add something to your idea instead of just saying uh, negatively, but I don't really care about your opinion. And is a better word to use. Using hypotheticals is also really important when you're trying to get your point across. So in my job, I sit on a team, on the food safety team, and all the different department leaders come together. Um, they don't really always understand what I'm asking them to do, and my job is to make sure that we're all part of the team trying to get ready for audits. So I try to use the hypothetical of, hey, what happens if an auditor asks you this question? What if they're asking for this record? Well, it helps them understand why I want them to move forward and do the things that we need to do. Also, um, we learned today about the technical conflict and the relationship conflict, that there's a difference between that. And in our article, they also kind of talked about how there might be underlying conflict between the team members. So you have to get that out of the equation before you start going into the conversation. If people don't feel comfortable with each other, and uh, have fear of speaking out, you should take care of that before the meeting actually starts. Otherwise, you're not really getting out of the meeting what you really want to get out. And lastly, asking for help is always a good thing. Even if you feel like you don't need the help necessarily, it's nice to be able to encourage others to speak their ideas and their opinions um, and helps you basically build relationships because you're asking for what they have to say. So now what we're gonna do is just do a little bit of a team building exercise. Um, that There's many of them out there, and this one's a really quick and easy one. So I'll need one person from each team to come up front here, and one teacher, or professor, I mean. Or anybody, if, raise your hand if you happen to have a doctorate, because you're the you're a volunteer. Awesome, only one person, so we do need you. I'm sorry, it's just part of it. I'm taking notes. 
Okay, in that case, then you're going to have to assign someone else from the from the other group because we need eight people. I'll just do it for, for a group. Dane says he can step in for you if need be. So he can be the the. He's your professor now, guys. Congratulations. All right. So what the goal of this team exercise is? Everybody picks up a string, and you're going to be finding out. Um, Who's going to be slacking and who's going to be pulling too hard? Oh, you're already finding out right now. It's really, really hard to get the pen out of the bottle even. So you have to get the pen from point A to point B from one bottle to the other bottle. This is part of the teamwork, too, we noticed. When we were actually testing this out, Actually getting it untangled is a good part of the teamwork and encourages communication. Yeah. So we already knocked it over. Nice. So how do you guys feel about that? Anybody want to say how they felt about that real quick? Just out of curiosity? Nothing. Okay. Cool. Great. <laughs> we did our job. <laughs> oh, by the way, if you're a volunteer, before you leave today, come see me because um, you will get a prize, an actual prize, more than just bragging rights. So that's kind of cool. And they're very rare, exclusive prizes. So, yeah. so this team exercise is really fun, and you can do that with a team that's already sort of working pretty well together. But when it comes to toxic team members, there are probably other strategies. How are you going to have to deal with that? And so Dane's going to talk about this right now. Alrighty, thank you. Um, so dealing with toxic team members. Uh, you have to deal with toxic team members. If you, if you allow bad behavior to happen uh, and you do not confront that person, you are guaranteeing that that behavior will continue. Uh, so you gotta take a couple rough steps and you need to do them in this order. Um, first step, uh, you need to have a candid conversation with that person. Second step is you need to step it up. Uh, third step, talk to your boss, and then the fourth step is save yourself. <laughs> first step, a direct, honest, and candid conversation with the problem coworker. Uh, you need to focus on how their behavior impacts you and the team, and not necessarily just on all the things they do that make you upset. Um, you need to ask for feedback on your behavior because you might be a toxic team member yourself and just not know it. Uh, but the reason we're having this conversation is because your toxic teammate might not know they are a toxic member of your team. Uh, second step, uh, step of your own effort. So you need to set the standard for what you think good behavior is. Uh, you need to model your team norms and uh, you need to you need to be the the person that people think they should be like. Um, so you gotta set the standard. Third step, if those things don't work, if you, you talk to your teammate, 
you yourself are modeling the, the expected norms, you may need to talk to your boss or an HR specialist. Uh, or in this case for this program, Jim, who do we talk to if we're having team problems? Want a new team? Want a different team? We need a team therapist. <laughs> we talked to Ashley? Okay. Good to know. Is it Sarah Wilson? Yeah. Okay. 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 So Jim or Sarah? Right? Okay. Um, so, uh, but if you were talking to your, your uh, boss about your toxic team member and you decide the boss or the HR specialist is going to step in, this isn't an opportunity for you to blindly slap your teammate in the face. You should have had the conversation with them. You should have been modeling the behavior. And then this is not an airing of grievances. This is a time where you can set new norms and set new expectations. Um, so you've done those three things. Let's say nothing's getting better. Uh, well, you need to take care of yourself. Uh, and if things don't change, you might just need to find a different place to work. Uh, good news is, though, is that toxic teammates, um, a lot of times, just leave on, leave uh, with a little pressure, or leave on their own. So, um, but it's important to not let uh, garbage at work become garbage at home. Same said, garbage at home shouldn't be dragged along to work. Uh, so, hopefully, um, you know, we don't get to this point where we have toxic people on our teams. Um, Interventions need to happen early. And like I said, maybe these people don't know that what they're doing is really upsetting you. So that's why you have to have those conversations. Um, let's see. So uh, as far as our group is concerned, you know, this is our first time doing a presentation together. Uh, we expect improvements in our presentations going forward. Uh, more importantly, though, we were, uh, will hope to have improvements in our collaboration going forward. Um, so to do that, when we get home or after class tonight, we're going to take your guys' feedback, we're going to give each other feedback, uh, and then we're going to see what we can do to improve everything. Uh, so thank you, and then uh, Chad, Phil, uh, is going to be talking about uh, whether or not you might be the problem on your team. Thank you, Dave. We, the final article that we read was one that said, on a terrible team, maybe you're making it worse. And we felt that that article actually pulled together all the other two articles that we read. Um, it was actually uh, authored by uh, the same person who wrote uh, the toxic team members. <clears throat> so basically what the whole purpose was is that it's about self-evaluation because it's so easy to deflect the blame that was one thing that the article basically had literally in bold type, which was it is most team members are so easy to deflect the blame away from themselves. So basically you want to ask yourself the following three questions. Are you a bully, a victim, or a witness? As we saw in our skit and as we've talked about, you want to look at yourself. Sometimes you can be all three in one meeting. Sometimes you can be all three throughout the year. It all depends. So in a meeting that you are very passionate about, are you talking over somebody? Are you 
getting everybody else's ideas and pushing them off to the side because this is something that is totally of interest to you. So what you might see as passion, other people might see as just being steamrolled. Are you a victim? Are you, do you just kind of take a back seat and are you just let yourself have that whole idea of it doesn't really matter, this isn't my department, or people are just gonna pick on me no matter what? Or are you the witness? Are you somebody who might have a good idea, but you don't wanna say it, you just talk, you see the bully, or you see the person who is leading all this conversation, you don't say anything, but at the end, you're the first person to email a boss. You're the first person to have that side conversation and say, hey, that was a bunch of bull. How well can you handle negative feedback? We talked about handling positive feedback. That's easy, that's the easy part. However, could you be the toxic team member because you don't handle feedback well? Is your first, is your first reaction just to push it off? I'm a Chicago Bears fan, and I have seen so many times where in a, in a post-interview, you have somebody say, how did you handle this? How did you, why did you drop the ball? Why did you not score? What happened to this Monsters of the Midway defense that we heard all about? And they say, we, we, we. But then all of a sudden you hear on the newspaper about how the quarterback is slamming the wide receiver and they turn it right back around and then they point out somebody else on the defense. And that is going through, going behind your teammates' backs. They're not addressing it in a team meeting. They're, it's just all locker room talk. They're having it out and then they're blaming each other. So whereas what they might need to do is have a meeting, think about where they can improve and how they can help the overall success for the team. Basically, we're just saying be accountable for your own actions. It's very easy, again, just to see where everybody else is failing, but then sometimes you need to look back and say, where did I drop the ball? How could I be contributing to the dysfunction of our team? Our hope was that overall we were showing that we need to lead by example. <clears throat> by taking personal accountability, accepting your feedback, and taking criticism, it provides the positive results. Understanding the perspectives of others, understanding where they're coming from, this is part of the taking everybody um, different uh, personal perspectives and thought processes into, into account, and then you can see how they came to either the same or a different conclusion that you did. And just because two perspectives are different and conflict occurs, it does not mean that somebody's wrong, somebody's right. You can find sometimes the best solution by considering the different positives in all the ideas. And finally, don't be afraid to positively communicate and to engage in positive conflict. As we've said before, conflict breeds growth, growth breeds success. Are there any questions? Go ahead. Um, is it happened by coincidence that all three of you have uh, previous experience for acting? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. All of you were 
We we knew each other at Juilliard before we started. <laughs> this was our fallback. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Adam. And you Thank choose you. to do it like in a theoretical way, not cinematic way. Like you, you uh, overacted in actions, and your tune, your tune, or the, the volume of the voice, and that's really impressive. Thank you. Thanks. So, did you guys run through this presentation a couple of times? Yeah. Okay. I can tell because it it feels very well rehearsed, and it was very smooth. It helped being the third team. Yeah, it did. It did. It, and we, we, we didn't want to meet, but once we did meet, we had just a lot of fun. Yeah, it flowed really well. I thought your slides were really good. The fact that you got to one point up there at a time wasn't overwhelming trying to read it when you guys were talking. So it was really easy to follow uh, and keep up with it. Cool. Uh, to jump off the rehearsal thing, I think um, more importantly, too, every one of you was very confident about the material. Um, like, you know, you really understood what you were presenting and understood the material very well. And it came across nice, no one was rushing through it or speaking too fast or anything. So, um, good job overall, I think. We, we actually spent more time discussing the articles that we had sure. all found than we did actually getting the presentation ready. Uh, and then those three articles were ones that we all liked. They were very cohesive, which made it easier to put together an overall team. Tanner? Keeps people awake. Yeah. <laughs> and then obviously skit is great. So. Thanks. I think there could have been a little more, or some focus on differentiating toxic behavior versus toxic people, and not necessarily always defining or you know attributing those behaviors to a person and saying that this is who you are, and not this is your behavior. That's a really good point. Yep. Yeah, avoiding applying a label as opposed to behavior. Yeah, I struggle with that with my son. He's six, and I'm like, you're, you're being so toxic, son. I don't want to play Minecraft. No, I get that. No, very, very good point. Thank and that, you. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Anybody can be toxic in a different... You know, sometimes a witness is, is the a lot of times the toxic person because they, they could have stepped in. You know, how nasty is that to, to watch somebody bully somebody and then go out in the hallway and bully that person. Like, what a terrible, you know, I got thinking in the skit, you know, Pat's the, Pat's the wicked one. You know, he doesn't have the courage to say it to somebody's face. So, I, Karen's pretty wicked too, but. <laughs> Poor Chad. Thank you, anybody else? Thank you. Thank you, we appreciate it. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was a live, unedited, um, unfiltered uh, uh, presentation uh, from a team that uh, did almost everything virtually. We met once and kind of did a run-through, but it was interesting. In that one meeting, we had uh, um, 
kind of I, I had brought up some toxicity that I felt I was bringing to the team. And so there was a moment of raw truth before we did our presentation. And I, I like to think, I can't speak for all of my team members, but I like to think that that kind of played a role in our level of trust with one another and how we came across so well. What you didn't hear in the, in the uh, recording of the presentation there was the positive feedback we got. The audience was very excited and receptive to our messaging and um, had a lot of really positive things to say. Um, and we were even approached a couple times by other people afterwards. So, um, and even the professor liked it. So we, we were really happy about it. We feel, I mean, this I'm recording this outro literally after, like on the drive home after the presentation. So I'm still kind of flying high from the buzz of, of doing a live presentation and having it go really well. Um, or I feel like it went really well. But I, I appreciate you tuning in. I really hope that um, the messages that we tried to get to come through in the presentation did and would love to hear your thoughts. So, you know, if you go to anchor.fm slash TDGR, there's a button where you can leave a message. Um, and also you can get reach out to me on any social platform at TDGR podcast. It's a great way to tell me what you think. Um, I would love to hear your feedback, your experience with toxic teams. And if you leave a voice message uh, in the method that I mentioned before, I can address you directly on a podcast. So it's a good opportunity for you to give yourself a shameless plug if you too have a project or a podcast that you are involved in. And I'd be happy to do that. So thank you very much. Um, it's been a pleasure. Until next time, dig deep, my friends. <laughs>